Are you not watching LDO? Not yet, is it on? Yeah, it's on. Well, let me have a look. Uh, it's it's finally it's finally happened. Like my worst nightmare. Oh God, don't tell me it's just you on your own. Yeah, it's just me on my own. Everyone's like LDO has become so sh that everyone's just forgotten, oh, and no, no one's no, no one's no one's turned up. Tone. Oh my God! Like, are you watching it? It's I'll pathetic. It's terrible. Just don't know what to do, man. Do you want me to come on and just say hello? You, well, I'm going to need to do something. Okay, let me put some clothes on. Are you naked? Well, I'm in bed and I sleep naked. <laughs> All right. No, no, don't, don't. They're, 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 they're here, really. <laughs> <laughs> hello. <laughs> don't, don't get me. But thank you. I, See, I you do really love surprised. me that you love me enough that you'd come on. I would ask you know. Yeah, I know. You little I know. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to Carlos Campos, Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Telemetry recovered. Let's drone out. Hello, you're listening to Let's Drone Out. Uh, today you are joined by everyone's favourite Cody Kitten. Hello. The man with the lovely moustache, Stephen. Hello, good evening. The the man, the legend, the the guy who's been playing with iNav more than we know, Painless360. Hello. And I'm bright until I fly, Tony's husband. <laughs> but he wouldn't come on the show. No, well, he no. threatened to, but maybe somewhat undressed. So we thought we'd leave it at that point. Yeah, he, well, he must have Jack was super stuck. That was good. We still got yeah. him. That's that's my test. That is, you know, I really know LDO's in trouble to the point where he doesn't come on. But you know, he is naked. So take take what you uh, take what you want from that. Uh, how's everyone been? Everyone had a good week? Not bad. I mean, the weather's starting to pick up. I'm thinking of going out tomorrow to try and fly, see how, if the fingers will survive is the only thing. At least yeah. it's not super windy and super raining, but I think the field is probably a lake. Yeah, I'm apparently out tomorrow, so I'll be with my buddy with the Avada, as far as I know. What about you, Painless? Have you been out much? Lots and lots and lots, because there's been lots of stuff coming out recently, weirdly, after it being completely quiet over the summer, and the only thing was Walk Snail, so everyone talked about that ad infinitum, the content creation, then suddenly all these kind of cool things started turning up. But the problem is that then, of course, I think, I'm not sure what it is, actually, um, but, it, but it definitely means that every time... I mean, Corey and I have talked about this in the past that, you know, when you get that little bit, you wake up in the morning and you open the curtains and it isn't raining and it isn't windy. You're like, right, charge batteries. And and you go run. to the field, run, run forest. And you have to go to the field. And then it's not for any fun or your own edification or enjoyment. It's literally you're throwing one thing after the other, getting all the footage, doing all the testing. So you have the footage to go back to spend the next five days editing. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, I miss summer where literally every day you could go, you know, you finish making something and you go, yeah, no, charge a battery, I'll have a go now. You have to, you know, you have to dive in when the, when the wind and rain stops. Yeah, yeah, you put out a lot of videos, it looks like, just checking out over the backlog over the last seven days. You've got, it's like a 
couple of planes, flight controller, a VTOL, and the final review of the Cadex Walnut, which seems to have been sort of lurking around for an eternity at this point. Lurking's a very good way to put it, Steve, I'll be honest, because we, we got that as reviewers six weeks ago. And then as soon as they shipped it, and there seems to be this happening a lot at the moment. I don't know what you guys are finding, but historically, people, you know, they'd make this stuff, they'd get it pretty much ready to rock and roll. Then they'd ship a reviewer's sample to you, which was usually either a pre-production version or, you know, the first ones off the line. Um, but it was the production version. And you get it and you do your review and you go, hey, or oh, uh, video out, everyone was happy, bump. These days, so much stuff is coming where they go, where you get it and you start playing with it and you find a little weird thing with it. So you email them and you go, is this right? And they go, oh, oh, no, 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 no. We're doing a firmware update. Just hold on. The firmware update won't be long. And you go, oh, okay. And then you, you log on to YouTube at the weekend and find that two of the content Everyone break, else is releasing videos yeah. anyway, um, which annoys me because it's like, well, what's the point? Because if it's not the firmware you're going to get when you buy it, it could either be more or less suitable for what you want. And then when you buy it, you'll be like, hang on a minute. But in his video, it showed that it had this feature and it hasn't got it anymore. So, um, so yeah, so six weeks it took me. So, And the that thing is, I was flying with it. It's a, it's a fab camera. It's real 4K. Mm -hmm. um, and I stuck it on the front of one of my quads. And I originally, because when I first got it, I, I was really excited because, again, it's gyro flow, 4K, you know, cube what's not to love everything um but uh, you know and, and it was it was the end of summer by the when we got it like september time so when i went to my mates and we were flying i felt was following him over the yorkshire countryside and he was flying in a big plane not a real one of course you know radio control plane and i was behind him with filming it with a quad mm -hmm. it looked, looked amazing um and then i just had to sit on all that footage and then you know kept emailing them once a week any update? It's impressive you kept your review to under 10 minutes. It sounds like you've got about two hours of footage to squeeze in there. I think I was bored by after six weeks, I'll be honest. I think <laughs> I think you might have done it there and then it'd be like a seven minute or 17 minute overview. But it was just like, you know what? I've made this video in my head so many times in the last six weeks. I'm kind of bored of it now. I just want a to say. A little quirky question on that one. I did hear some people say that they were getting a little bit of a, a little bit of, you could, you could see some of the, the edges of the lens on the larger resolutions is that resolved now did you notice that i've not noticed that at all some kind no. of lens flare where it was re reflecting a little bit off the um the silver surround but i guess that's in extreme sun which we uh, haven't had for a while yeah I, I, we, yeah we live in the uk we don't have that problem um i mean maybe i mean it does come I, I, it does come with nd filters which again is a very common thing for action cameras now um and if there's any kind of sunshine at all i'd always stick an nd8 on it right. um just to, just to help um i think if you're flying because all the cameras at the moment come with gyro flow and what they do is they give you 4k and they give you a crazy wide field of mm -hmm. view to try and get so you can crop everything out of all the wobbling around um it does mean that they are really pushing uh, the envelope in terms of what the lenses can do because even the run cam thumb pro so the thing, instant you get gyro flow enables you're just like bang and the size of the image are gone yeah so so it's kind of, i don't see it as mu that much of an issue because the, the new cool. what's it, 155 degree field of view in the new run cam thumb pro i like the other one i thought it was fine and then the new one arrived and what they've had to do in the little lens cover that goes on the front they've had to kind of cut the corners out <laughs> so that they oh, don't geez. appear in the in the image so you can't use the same lens covers from one camera to another um but everything now because it's gyro flow because we need 4k and because we need to push it as far you know I, I'm, I'm quite happy if there's a little bit of fuzz enough in the edge i don't care because to it's be the honest same with this gonna lose air unit. Anyway. that's 155 degrees as well so all, all the uh the cages on the front of quads people are finding that they either stick this really expensive camera straight out the cage and don't get protection <laughs> or they're you know, seeing the standoffs. What's everyone's view on what a field of view for FPV is good? Because uh, I, because personally, I think 155 is. It means that the bit you're interested in is relatively small in the overall view. Well, they've got Rocksteady again. That's the thing, right? So that, is that what includes done? Rocksteady built in. Yeah. So they've got. I remember the olden days when we used to measure it in millimeters, and it, we all started off on like. 2.1 and then it went to 1.8 and then like 1.66 that's wide isn't it and that mm -hmm. made sort of sense to me 
and wide was good because if you ever went back to a, a narrow field of view and you yeah you tried to do a turn it was just like the landscape was scrolling past it didn't look like you were turning it just looked like this constant movement and it was really weird yeah i don't i don't, I don't know what those old lenses go to in terms of uh wideness in terms of field of view it was nothing like that. I, I I know when I used to do a lot of those reviews, I about the one twenty to one thirty five was what I personally liked. I mean, I'm not like a gate smasher, so that I'm not interested in that. I you know I like altitude and landscape, but one twenty one thirty five was about right. I had some really wide ones that were like one forty five one fifty, and I remember flying in the little park near me that has all the goalposts, and I usually go there when I've got a whoop because you can fly through the goalposts. Um, and I couldn't see the goalposts until I was about two feet away because there were like three three pixels wide, and then there was suddenly got because <laughs> it was so diddy, and it was just like this this terrible idea. Um, but yeah, it, it seems to be all. Uh, all like I say, we've, we've lost the millimeters. We're into diagonal field of view now. I don't know okay, what most I'm of my cameras are. I'm glad you're here though, Lee, because I did want to ask you about two of your recent videos. And, and the first one, the, the Epsilon, which I know must sting. Oh. It, am I saying it right? I just want to say Eps- yeah, Epsilon. Oh, ecl- uh, I know ecl- it's written ecl- Eclipsalon. Eclipsalon. Is, is yeah. that how it's pronounced? I, I say Eclipsen, and the owner hasn't corrected me, so I'm sticking with that. But it's something like oh, that. It's, it's like Eclipsen. Ecl- my, my brain wants to replace some of the letters and say Epsilon. This is Eclipsalon. the one where you 3D printed an entire wing. Well, the thing is, I didn't. This is, so there's a, it, the full story. If you know, if you want to kind of sit back and open a beer, is I was approached by um, the, the guy behind it who was like, "Do you want to do you want to do a three D printed?" You, you get these requests all the time. You want to do a three D printed way. And at the time, I wasn't really that bothered, but I had had a lot of people contact me on the channel to say, um, "How about trying three D printed stuff?" Because people, that's it's something you know. It was. Like this year's VTOL, last year was you know, there was a lot of uh, 3D printed stuff. So I thought, okay, yeah, you know what? I've, it's got to the point now where I've had so many requests. Um, I, I really need just to have a go at this. As a, as a guy who loves 3D printing, it kind of marries to a favorite parts of the hobby. So um, I managed to get my hands on a roller filament, couldn't get the lightweight PLA, then realized I, I, I got sent the files loaded the files into the cure bearing bearing in mind there's probably about 30 pieces separate pieces that you have to print to then glue together with industrial ca and you probably have to print some of them more than once so it's going to take a while yeah so um yeah because the first print's a test right isn't it really you know and if it comes out okay then a bonus um because you you don't want to mess about with your adhesion and that you want it all to be pucker if you're going to fly it so um so i loaded the first part into cura and clicked slice and it went and it said um it's gonna take nine and a half hours and i thought well oh, i've cocked up the settings hang on a minute so i, I kind of no everything's right and i re-sliced it nine and a half hours so i was like oh yeah. my god this is a print that will fill your entire printer and you need to come back tomorrow and yeah, this- i hope you've got a quiet printer because that's going to be going all night yeah so so i went back to the guy and i said um how long do these things take to print because this is all new to me right so this is all you know breaking new ground and he said oh about a week and i was like what and he was like oh it's about a week so so there's a guy in the uk who does his um uh who's a test pilot for eclipsen um a guy called steve who was amazing and a clip the owner put me in touch with steve and steve went yeah if you ship me the filament i'll print you one and I was like, that would be amazing because I literally do not have eight days to sit babysitting a three. Because I'm one of those guys that won't leave a 3D printer when it's running. I'm just old fashioned, right? It's like I won't leave a lipo charging, you know, things like that. So, so I'd, so I'd have been sat there, you know, rewatching. I don't know, Battlestar Galactica, staring the progress Netflix, meter, um, or something. Yeah, absolutely. Going, oh come on! So he was brilliant, and he printed the whole thing for me, and it arrived in this bloody big cardboard box. And it's the biggest airfix kit you've ever seen is what it kind of turned up like. You know, imagine if you cut all the things off the sprue and then just emptied them into a box. That's what it arrived like. So then it took me probably about a week to put together. Um, Had to order the special medium viscosity industrial CA that is what what you need to use. Right. So long story short, that was June. July 
summer holiday things, right? August and then September, I started putting the electronics in because then I did a video with uh, the guy behind eCalc, uh, Marcus, because because I printed it out of PLA, not lightweight PLA. It was heavier than it was supposed to be or it could, heavier than it could have been, let's put it that way. So I wanted to make sure the motor and prop had enough static thrust, et cetera, et cetera. So we worked all that through in a video in eCalc. So then I ordered the specific motor and prop and all the electronics, reused the flight controller. There's another two days putting it all together. And then we went to the field, <laughs> and it was all over in, in a second and a half, and it was smashed to pieces. Well, so, what you say, um, did it just completely smash to pieces, or has it slightly disassembled itself? No, no, it's knackered with a capital F. Um, oh. I could, if I really, if I really wanted to, I could get an exacto out. I could try and patch and repair the big pieces that were broken and had pieces up. Re reprint the bits that were knackered. So um, it didn't just snap along the the joins. It ripped the print apart. It it did. It snapped along the joins, but it also snapped along things like. Um, it, there was one area that I was worried when I was putting it together that I said when I was doing my build of it that I was worried that it felt that it was a weak point because the whole wing, and it's a bloody long wing, so if you hit it yeah, at the end, it's, it's a lot giant. of force. Um, it's literally like 0.4 of a millimeter around the outside that goes against the body, and there's a couple of vertical, because all of the, of course, the supports are printed internally. There's a couple of vertical supports that you're going to glue as well. And I was like, this whole wing is held on by literally this one seam of CA. I thought there might have been a, a carbon fiber rod that would go through into the right. wing root to support them, which would have been the way I, I would have done it. I, I, mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. You'd I'm assume sure. there's a spar in there somewhere, right? You were, or, or a very large surface for lots of CA to provide lots of adhesion. It snapped there, but the nose was smashed and crinkled. Um, uh, we lost, uh, but but the thing is, it did like the motor mount was snapped. So the motor, it was one of those with the shaft that comes out the back of the motor. So the motor span ripped the wires out of the ESC, but only after it had wound the wires around the shaft and worn the insulation off and shorted all three phases together. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it it was kind of you know there, there are times show. when the when the radio control gods go you know what mate this isn't for you, um, and that was what I, I I will almost certainly go back to three D print because it was I'm a, I was so annoyed uh, that's not true I wasn't annoyed I wasn't annoyed at my friend definitely because he was heartbroken he was having to be fair he was having a crap day before I turned up to go hey mate do you mind if you can we go in your field and we'll chuck a wing right <laughs> so he, he was heartbroken before at the start of the day then I turned up he threw it he smashed into the ground and I was going it's fine don't worry about it and then um he was just like oh my god I can't believe that happened I can't believe that happened it doesn't so even look like it had that hard of a landing it just went down into the grass and totally mashed itself up just it was like a special effect oh wow um but but you can see that right wing absolutely separates at where that bit I was worried about it just kept come off yeah um I'm sorry so to do this no no that no no it's it it's fine. but the thing is this is what this looks is so wrong. promising well, no, because what you can't see, what happened, and it's absolutely not my friend's fault, is that the little dippy tab that's underneath, which is just ahead of the CG marks that he was holding to throw, mm -hmm. because it's so big, um, as he started to throw it, it tilted back in his hand, oh, and he's only cold. holding it. And it just went up, because I'm, I'm standing off to the side with my radio, Right, you know, my goggles on my head, ready to rock and roll. And as soon as you started throwing it, you could it kind of all went into slow motion. You could see it just start and, uh, to lift up and it went 45 degrees in the and I'm thinking there's no it's got thrust, but it hasn't got that much. And it just stalled, nosed over. I now have auto launches going, come on, come on. And so it fires the motor, it's full throttle, oh. and it went whang, straight in the ground. It was all over. The audio is hilarious because it's <laughs> I, I cut cut it all out for the video um, because because it literally is my my friend just like this little pained yelp. It's just and I'm beep, like, beep beep yeah. beep beep. Well, actually, no, there was a lot of swearing. I just went, oh, "That wasn't a very good throw, mate." <laughs> and then I got over to him and realised he was it was almost crying, and it was like, you know what? It's fine. I don't, you know. Uh, it was yeah. nice after that disaster to see you. You put a big grin on your face with uh, a brand I've just bought my first 
plane from actually that Atom RC. I've got, I've got the little flying fish that they produced, and it looks like there's something that you've described as wonderful here. And your your favourite plane of the year was it? Yes, by a country mile. Yeah. So if you imagine that flying fish eats its three Weetabix for an entire year, mm. this is what it would it's grow big into. and strong. Yeah. Yeah. Gets big and strong, and puts puts a few pounds on. Grows a, a V-tail inexplicably, but yeah. Um, hey, look. All choices, you know, the, the, <laughs> you know, the plane could be any gender it wants, right? If it wants, you know, it's all good. Um, but this, this is lovely. This is, um, this is something that is well. I think it's just out now. Atom RC, Atom RC are probably my favourite fixed wing manufacturer at the moment. Um, ZOHD used to do amazing stuff for modern FPV wings and planes. Uh, they've completely lost the plot. We haven't had anything decent out of them for two or three years. Interestingly, there was a guy there called Ari. I don't know if any of you heard of him. Ari was the guy that did all the community engagement, and he's the one that I worked with to create the AR Wing Pro. Um, they used to be the guys that had all this innovation. Um, and Atom RC have just kind of come out of nowhere and just seem to be smashing it. I mean, that thing... Look at that. Just... just- just yeah, it's jumped into the air like a homesick angel. Um, I think is how my friend puts it. But it, it was before I could kind of get the auto launch off because I know um, it was already passing two hundred and forty feet. It just shot up. I was like, holy! Um, whereas yeah, it was it, the, the funny thing about that day is that particular day where we made in that plane. Um, it was exactly a week after we'd had the crash with the Eclipse model. Um, and I rang my friend again. I said, I've got, look, I've got two other things I need to fly to make videos on. Um, are you around? And I could hear the trepidation in his voice. He was like, oh, God, here we go again. He's like, yeah, I'm around, mate. So I was like, great, great, I'm coming over, coming over. So I turned up with this, and I also turned up with um, the new Zake 800 jumper VTOL. Um and and and, and the, he just took one look at this, and I could see all the color drain out of his face. And I just said, "Don't worry about it. We'll do the VTOL first because you don't have to throw that, all right? <laughs> and then if if it all goes well and the radio control gods are, ha- are giving us the thumbs up today, then I will throw. You'll notice it was me that time. I will mm-hmm. throw. And then if it all goes wrong, it's completely on me. And he was like, "Okay, mate, that's fine." So I said, "If you can wear the hat cam and be my spotter." And he was like, yep, nope, happy to do that. So that, that was the basis we did it. Because I think if I'd have asked him to throw it, he'd have probably gone, you know what, I'm, I'm out. I'm going back in and having a cup of coffee and a lie down. Because um, it really, honestly, it did traumatize him. Because normally we were throwing okay. foam planes. And you know what it's like. If you throw something that's foam and it, you know, it hits the ground, it bounces. If something breaks one seam of hot glue and you're back in business, it's, it's rare that you, know, you have a lot of... so with like a 3D that. print, yeah. It's like throwing a jigsaw puzzle into the air. It's taking... Sorry, like, do, do you think in retrospect the the way to launch it was the the two handed over the head thing for that sort of thing? Where it's well, you might have you might have been left underneath catapulted the fuselage straight out the middle doing that. I, I think it, what we should have done was hired a hot air balloon and then dropped it off the side, <laughs> and that would have probably worked okay. Tight to the VTOL I, next time. Yeah, I just tow it. Um, I, I think we we were just unlucky. I think it was a con- it was the, uh, the perfect storm of things that went wrong with it, um, mm. uh, and and it, it it was heartbreaking that we didn't manage to at least see it fly because it is such a beautiful wing that with its because it's a very weird shape you, you couldn't get that shape in foam easily, um, mm. but but very yeah thin that as well, it, it yeah it was it it's. It looked, yeah, it looked magic. I was just, I was just gutted because it's probably the longest build I've ever done, and it was the shortest flight I've ever had. <laughs> oh, no, so, so the moral of the story is: don't take that much time. Just, you know, whack, just crack it out and get to the field and get it flying. Don't fanny about. I, I like the fact it. you're still calling it a flight, but a flight, but a bad landing is, is it what was we're in calling the it. Air. It was, it in, was the in the air. It was technically in the air, not under any kind of under control. control? <laughs> no, no. Look, if we're going to start splitting airs, you know, no. It, it was, it was an unintended landing. I think is what I'll, what I'll call it. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it, it was good. So, uh, so no. We, we, but we've had, like I said, you know, going back to what I was saying, we've had a lot of stuff in. Um, unusually, because summer was 
crap again. It was like when COVID first happened and China shut down. Um, and, you know, all the YouTubers started doing live streams because they had nothing to talk about. <laughs> it was like that. And I was like, where's all the where's all the kit? The only thing we had was, literally was the warp snail stuff that everyone was making videos. Obviously, now the DJI, the new yeah. DJI. So everyone's on that bandwagon banging that drum like crazy. Um, but I was talking to Jack earlier today, and, it, and I made a video this afternoon because um, I, I, I've been making videos, believe it or not, since November 2007 was my first ever video on YouTube to help somebody else with radio control. And I have over 16,000 videos at this point. Sorry, uh, 1,600 videos at this point, 16,000, maybe another Still time. a large number, but not quite as insane, right? It's, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it gets that I have to do Google search to remember if I've done a video on it because some of them are, you know, because like when you're creating that much stuff. And I had a great question today. I was talking to, to Jack about this earlier. Um, a guy pinged me a question with the bearing in much how much information now exists in the forums and YouTube and the community at large. And he pinged me a question and said, I've got a 30 amp motor, but I've got a 40 amp ESC. Is that okay? Or is that, that going to be too much for the motor? And I, and I, and I, I thought, you know what? I've answered that question probably two dozen times in different videos about power systems and what motor and cop basics. Yeah, so exactly. So I was looking for all this to say, you know, see time code 2311 at this video. And I thought, no, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm missing the point. If somebody is asking me the question, they've obviously recently come into the hobby. They, I would hope they've done a basic Google search, maybe, but if they're doing a basic Google search, what are they going to search for? If I search for what this guy would search for, do I find a video? The answer is no, I don't. So I was like, okay, guess what? So I made a video today about, uh, I think it's called some, I think the, the name of it is, can I use an ESC with more amps than my motor or something like that is the name of it. Cause that's more or less what the guy's going to search for. But I, but that kind of stuff, although, you know, making that bloody 3d printed plane that took four months to make and, one and a half seconds to destroy. Um, this video is one of those kind of years ago. There Sorry. we go. That's that's the that's the only one that's still up there. I, I there were ones before then that I've got rid of. Um, yeah, look at that gear mesh demo. Wow. Now this is one of the now the reason that these were made. These were back in the day where I used to be in the forums a lot for because they're all helicopter stuff. You'll notice. Um, and I would do that thing. I've talked about it in the past, but, you know, somebody would ask a great question. You know, how do you set the clearance in your gear mesh on a, on a helicopter? And um, see, hand's still there. That looks a lot like the little hub, Sam. It is. It's a rebranded hub. That's exactly what it is. It's a H107 or whatever it was. Um, oh, yeah. Hub Sam. Yeah. It was my – this is my first ever quadcopter. Um, I was into helis, and – um heli guy back then advertised this and in the photo it looked really big <laughs> so so i was like oh that looks quite good so um so my wife said oh i'll get you one for christmas so i said that's brilliant that's brilliant so she do you remember i used to get loads of stuff from heli guy i've still i got a, i got a gift certificate once given to me don't know and that's still the the little a uh, little seal that was on it. I still here on my desk. Um, but the when it arrived, it, I found it so easy to fly because as a heli pilot, it wasn't trying to kill itself every two minutes. And I I burnt through two or three sets of mo brush motors on that little thing and taught myself nose in hovering. And then when the spring came, I could nose in hover my heli. And that and I'd probably gone through three hundred pounds worth of spares fixing the heli every time I cocked that up. That Viper saved me a fortune. Must be, see, look, must be Christmas. That's the FPV version. Santa. Santa's out. It must I'm have been sad that. I'm sad the fire's not lit, but mind you, the chocolate Santa's might melt unless they're ceramic. No, no, they're, uh, they're wood, but, I, but well spotted, Jack. Yeah. So, but, 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 the, but literally, my poor wife that year had to watch Strictly Come Dancing every Saturday night with this thing hovering in front of her face as I was practicing nose in. And that that is the reason, that little bloody thing, is the reason why I got into quadcopters. And the next quad I got was actually from Armatan, 
Chris. Um, so I learned, I learned quads on that after a disastrous stint with uh, one of the large polystyrene models. I can't remember what the heck it was called, a Wi-Fi controlled thing. AR drone, that was it. And, and as a homage to that, I have the little FPV one, which I've managed to put a little F3 flight controller in. And uh, yeah, just for giggles, it's running beta flight now. They're, they're such great little models, though, don't you think, Steve? They just—they're really yeah. stable. They just bounce they off bounce stuff. Well, yeah, yeah it, very, it's very hard to kill learning. Yeah, I—I I, I wish there were. A, sorry, sorry, Jack. Yeah, yeah. That's—is that a a Xbox 360 and Nintendo Wii there? That's how old this <sighs> is. Gee, was it probably is, mate? Yeah, believe it. Yes, it will be a 360, and uh, yeah, that does look like that. Yeah. Back in the day, bless. Oh. No, it doesn't. Oh God! So you, you've seen a down lot of v- again. you've seen a lot of VTOLs, and what what's that bargain VTOL like? You kind of. I, I want to talk about this as well. I'm not sure about that. It sounds like there's some controversy about them mm. copying and what the license was, and if they're allowed to do it. And that's I didn't bring this what, up. What was going way. on? Oh, I wanted so, to bring it up. It's all my fault. So the, the short version of this is um, I got sent this out the blue. So it literally arrived and I opened this box and I was thinking, what the bloody hell is this? So um, I guessed it was jumper because there's no manual in the box, but there's um, kind of the, you know, the, the jumper logo embossed on one of the plastic parts. So I emailed jumper just going, um, hello, um, I've been sent this thing. What is it? And they went, oh, it's our VTOL. And I went, all oh, right, brilliant. I haven't got a manual. Have you got a manual? And they went, um, not yet. No, we're still working on the manual. And I went, okay, right, send me one when you're ready. So I posted a picture uh, thinking, this looks actually pretty cool. And I had a quick look online to see if anyone was listing it. And the only place selling it at the time was AliExpress, um, which is always a little bit of a red flag. Only AliExpress is listing it. Um, so I posted a picture just going, mm, you know, this looks interesting, blah, blah, blah. And had a message from a guy called Stephen who – has spent a lot of time as part of a group. He's actually a university in the States uh, creating this thing called the Mini Hawk VTOL. Now, the Mini Hawk VTOL is a 3D printable, um, simple, easy VTOL for people to play with, right? Now, I'd never heard of this. So when he sent me the link, I was thinking, no, they won't have copied it at all. So I clicked on his link and opened up his project, and it's exactly the same model. The difference is, his is 3D printed. It's all mm-hmm. one piece. And then someone has taken that model and then just figured out how to make it in foam, reinforce it, make all of the connectors. They've obviously made the molds to inject foam into, which is not a cheap thing. That is, you know, oh, those so they molds- didn't just completely rip it off and take the, the 3D prints and chuck them into molds then. That's something. I, I think, no, no, I, I think... There is an argument to make it sufficiently, it's an evolution. However, what happened with this is that the reason that Stephen was so annoyed about this is that Jumper had never contacted him or talked to him about the fact that they were doing this, which I think is the ethical professional way to do it, right? Even right? And also, he'd shared all of this stuff as part of the project under the Creative Commons non-commercial blah 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 license right so so jumper had obviously taken this great idea that had come and then so well or somebody because i'm not sure jumper has done it because if jumper had done it they'd have written a manual but anyway so so they've taken it and they've done a load of engineering to turn it into a phone model because now the wings come off they've got a flight controller in it they've designed the pdb all the wiring's done the rd pilot setup sorted out it's ready so you can plug in analog or digital hdfpv in the front it's it's actually really quite good. Fair amount of integration work. Yeah. I would say it's several versions on from the 3D printing It's like they, they didn't do the from scratch design, but they did a bunch of integration work to make it easier to use. So, so now, um, as of today, actually, it looks like, because uh, I did two videos where I was shaming Jumper a little bit about this, because I was going, "This, this isn't on." Um, yeah. B- because the th- the thing is, you know, these guys have put in the work for the design, and even if it is, in, you know, it's a, it's they should an, at least make a reference to the license. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that that conversation has started, 
So there was two things that happened almost immediately when I did my first videos on this. I got a, a um, do you know Andrew Tridgewell? Tridge, who's um, one of the main, know, yeah. right, okay. So Tridge is one of the main ArduPilot developers. And um, him and I chat on Skype all the time. So he, he's got hold of one. Sadly, he got hold of one where the, this, one of the servos is knackered, so his doesn't work, but that's a whole other story. But he plugged it into ArduPilot because when I got it, I said, I'm not going to make a video until you give me a manual, right? Mm -hmm. Because it means I've got to then plug it into the computer, figure out all the stuff you've done to set it up, how it all works, what all the stuff yeah. needs to be, right? I've got to do all that. Um, and I said, I will do that all for you. I'll even, I'll, I'll, you know, I can write the manual and stuff like that, but I'm not doing that for free. That's not my job as a reviewer. You know, you sent me a product, give me the manual. So I was hanging on. So Andrew then sends me an email because he said, right, we've looked at it. That here's a list of all the things, I'm not going to go through all the things that they'd found that could be improved in the existing setup. So, Frank, give me one example. The ESCs that run the motors in it are capable of BD shot, but they're set for PWM control. So if we turn on BD shot, that allows us to get... Bidirectional D shot. Yeah. To get the RPM so if, telemetry. Yeah. Exactly. So we can we can do all that. We get much faster control and much faster telemetry from all the motors. Mm. That means we can. I'm I'm saying we here because the hydroponic guys are doing it. I just I'm, I'm sat on the sidelines watching. Yeah, it means you can filter out the motor RPM and stuff, so you just get much better frequency. Well, response to oscillations and frequency. Exactly. We can push the tune. We can make it fly an awful lot better. It doesn't That's have a whole a other thing, though. Trying to get these manufacturers in China to ship stuff with Blue Jay, which is free. There's this ongoing push to go on. It's free. Please use it. Please use it. But it's really hard to get them to pre-flash ESCs. They're just like, no, nope, just send them out with the old, you know, old BL Heli from umpteen years ago. Yeah, because it, it kind of works. It it. it so now we've got the, the two conversations happening. One is the RD pilot team are now talking to Jumper. Um, and that jump, uh, the RD pilot team are now feeding back to Jumper all the things that should change because there's also an issue with the way the ID works on the flight controller. That means that Mission Planner could flash it incorrectly, but that's a whole... So, so there's is that, that stuff going on. Is it a sketchy cloned flight controller or is it a decent flight controller? <sighs> I have. I I think it's probably more the former because the ID on the flight controller is not that flight controller. It's there so that mission planner will talk to it. So Oops. it's okay. It's something else. Um, so it, I, I've never seen it before, but it seems to work okay. And then so you got that conversation. You got the other conversation now happening between the guys who created the original three D print and now Jumper. So that so both those streams are underway. So I, um, I wasn't going to make a video until I got the manual, but I've had over the last week about between seven and ten people contact me going, oh, my God, I have already bought one. Have I just wasted 200 quid? Um, and I'm kind of going, oh, because I, I, some of them have bought them because, you know, they watch the first ten minutes of the video, go and buy one, then watch the last five minutes while I call out all the stuff I'm not happy with. So I was like, oh, sugar, I'm going to have to figure this out. So because I've been working with the Audi pilot team and Andrew's been amazing anyway, I had a rough idea of how it was set up. So then I logged in and figured it out, and, the, and there's a video out on Saturday with the maiden flight showing you how to set the radio up and do all that. So I've ended up making a bloody video that tells you how to set the thing up anyway. But, the, but the, You but know the that's cool... going to be in the place on their website where the manual should be now, Lee. There's going to be your video there. Yeah, probably. And it means that now everybody that has a problem with it is going to leave a comment on my video and I'm going to be free support, frontline support for the product. But um, there were so many people, I'm literally getting three, two or three a day at the moment, of people contact me going, oh my God, I've ordered one of these, I've just wasted my money. Particularly as lots of people have been putting on the comments, don't buy this, this is a rip-off product. You know, da, 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 da. some people are getting, you know, but lots of people that I talk to don't care. 
it's a 200 pound beetle you know you, you can yeah. buy well it's actually a wrapper yeah it is it's it's a you know like we were talking about the viper is a oh the hub sound was a was a was kind of an entry-level drug into full quads yeah um you know this is going to be one of those that you get and then you end up with a two thousand dollar you swap out the flight controller and you swap out the esc and do god knows what yeah now interestingly it looks like the price went up on this today (laughs) we're gonna have to hire a documentation team guys uh yeah yeah per unit cost Oh, $20, $20, $20, $20. $20. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Um, but the, the funny thing is, it's even with the suboptimal configuration of Ardu plane and quad plane that's on this thing, it flies great. No problems at all. It actually flies really well. I was quite impressed. That's nice. So um, I can't wait to see what they do with it. I just hope they take care of the Mini Hawk project because I think that would be the professional thing to do because if they don't every time someone talks about this thing then it's the first comes reaction comes to and stuff yeah it comes yeah, in the case it breaks down like a phantom 4 case isn't it yeah it's just a foam injection moldy thing it doesn't quite fit in the case because the servos but it's close oh. this episode was recorded in front of a live online audience downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only censored to please the iTunes people hosted on the internet forwarded through to your podcast provider downloaded playing on your device and is now playing in your ears all thanks to our Patreons consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out is there like a minimum they should have done versus a preferred so in com- commons creative commons the minimum is you have to uh basically say where the original design came from you have to sort of name them but the right thing it's to do would share work with the com- uh, the company or the individuals to say let me i want to work with you and produce something based on your design i think the minimum creative comments one that I used to do a lot of stuff under is called just called attribution. And literally that's it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can sell it. You can set it on fire. So long as you say, this is painless 360 design, you're good. You've complied with the, with the license. And then it gets more and more severe until, you know, some of the most restrictive ones are the ones that I currently use, which are uh, non-commercial, no derivatives, because what other people can do then is uh, they can take it and sell it, which happened to me loads of times. I, I constantly would go to shows. And, you know, back in the days where we used to have these big radio control shows and there'd be lots of people selling stuff and they'd have, them, you know, there'd be those kind of rotating um, plastic packets of stuff on the, on you know, that you would you know, have things like prop spanners and, you know, all those kind of things. And I'd always right, that's find... That's a 3D some, model I built. <laughs> and, and I'd be thinking, wow, that looks really look like the skull prop spanner that I designed. That's really... Hang on a minute. And then I'd, I'd pick it up and look at the back and it'd be like... And there wouldn't... If it, if it just literally said designed by Pony 360, then they'd be in compliance. So I changed it to non-commercial so I could say to people, and I've had it since, where they've got, well, that's all right, isn't it? I was like, no, you're in breach of the of, of the license. And the other one is the no derivatives, because the thing is, if you allow derivatives, then I could take your design curry, change a, a handful of things, and say, right, it's my design now. This could literally take version. your spanner and remove the etching on the back that says "by Painless 360, just blank that out and be like, my spanner now. My spanner now, and I'm going to do whatever I want with it, and you can't stop me. So I use those two. But the way I, I view these things, and this is something I was saying to Stephen on an email today, is that there are things that I share in places like Thingiverse and stuff that I, even with that license, I know people are going to rip off, right? Because China is like the Wild West in terms of uh, protection and of intellectual property. It, you know, you, you tend to, there lots, there's only about three or four factories that make all the stuff that we use in the hobby, and it's full of industrial espionage. I mean, some of the stories that I've got from Fat Shark and Radio Master, and it would make would make your toes curl. It is ridiculous. You know, there's like it's one people. thing having a license. It's another having license and lawyer money to go and enforce the license because you can't just automatically enforce it. You've got to bring a, a lawsuit against the company and then yeah, take them it, to court and prove that they are in the wrong. In another country, which mm-hmm. which is going to yeah, like China, which is mm. which is China. So um, so I so I 
initially, you know, some of the conversations I had with Jumper were Jumper, to be fair, I speak to a marketing guy, not the engineers, but the marketing guy was saying, I can't believe that we've taken up taken this. And then the, you know, just today the conversation started by the look of it between and I'm not going to comment on that because that's, you know, yeah. that's their, their business. But I'm just happy that the conversation has started. It can be as simple as saying just thank you very much to this person and that's it. They just put a note on the web page where they sell it and say thank you for the help designing this by so-and-so. You see this with quad manufacturers quite a lot. Like there are a lot of frames, like HGLRC did a lot of stuff by I think Steve C. Um, and there were some designers who popularized lightweight long-range frames that were they were four-inch frames oh, a couple yeah, Dave, of years ago. Dave C. Yeah. yeah, Dave yeah. C. And um, his designs were widely copied and used. And the same with Chris Ross's AOS line. If you just accredit people for a lot of these designs, then it gets rid of that bad blood right off the bat. As long as you reach out and say, this is awesome. Maybe they want a kickback. But if you've got Creative Commons licensing or not already, it's as simple as saying, thank you for your help designing it. Move on, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean it's that I, simple, and they don't do it. It's a bit of a sting, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and, and I think if they don't do it, and um, it means that every time it appears, there's going to be a load of people will pile on and just go, "It's been ripped off. Do not buy it." Um, and it's a shame because it's actually a bloody good design, and somebody's put in a shed load of work to take it from that 3D printed version, which is all one piece, the wings don't come off, into a foam version that snaps together, and the flight controls set up, and all that stuff. Um, it just it's, it, it beggars belief why they didn't do a manual and why they didn't. Well, I kind of know because you know it's a different culture. But but if I was using something of yours, Curry. I was going to do, I would, and we have in the past, you know, we'll have a, we'll ring each other up and go, oh, blah, blah, blah. And we'll have a quick chat about it and figure out what we're mm. going to do. Um, it doesn't seem to be that way of working. Um, it's almost like you do it when, you know, you get called out for it rather than you do it as a, as a course of, yeah. you know, just a professional way you handle the business. And it could but, and it fingers be crossed, an entryway into the sorted. community. People who know VTOLs, if they see that it's designed by so-and-so, they're going to give it more respect than Jumper. Oh, they're the people who did this old T16 radio and then everyone moved to Radio Master. Like, it gives them a boost. It gets them into that community. It, it, it's an opportunity, if they'd have handled it a little bit differently, probably a little bit better, for Jumper, like you say, to rebrand themselves as not just a radio company, um, and, you know, to be a, a model manufacturer, because actually in the hobby we could do with a few more of those. That's not necessarily a bad thing. We we don't, you know, the, the people like Hobby King don't make any planes anymore. <laughs> you know, people like said, could do with people who take a punt on new designs out of the community as well. You know, people who are willing to look out there for new designs rather than just take something that used to work and sell a, a slightly tweaked version of it. Yeah, wouldn't that be a great idea if, if if there was a company like Jumper who, yeah, absolutely was a place that if you have a great proven design that's 3D printed, you could take it to them and work with them and there would be some kind of commercial arrangement yeah. where they, they evolve into a phone. Yeah, that wouldn't, because that means they, they go, well, I think we'll make 2,000 of these. Phone. It'll pay for this many pieces of molding. So what parts do we want to make out of injection molding? Oh, let's this, this and this. Off yeah. we go. We save all this money on R&D because that's already been done. They can provide us with a flight controller configuration file. We, it, all that mm. stuff um, could, could be done. That, that actually, it's, it's, wouldn't that be so cool? That pe and, and, yeah. and have the community somewhere that, you, you know, you could almost have, a, have an inbox that you could just email and just go check out this URL. Yeah. This is a great VTOL wing plane, whatever. And if they're working with the community, then before you know it, there's going to be a website up there that dissects that uh, RG Pilot configuration and spells out why each section is configured the way it is, lays it out better than some hastily printed manual would accomplish. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think I think there is an opportunity. I I am excited the fact that Atom RC have is, have brought out the first iNav inside plane which is the one that we were looking at before, that swordfish. Mm -hmm. They're really sticking with that kind of um, marine animal naming convention. Um, so, uh, And it's a great plane, but the, the thing is, again, with that one, they've put a flight controller in it with INAV. It's, it looks like a Matek 405, but it isn't. 
Talking, um, talking of this, we've had a question yeah, from yeah. Caroline, who's, who's asked me but meant you, and, and she says, will Atom RC be selling the flight controller separately? It looked like a decent F405-based one. Do you, right. do you have any insight to that? I don't. It is... I'm having problems with it um, because I think there needs to be some optimization of um, the, the setup on the flight controller. The, so for, so here, the short version is, is that all the testing of it looks like it's been done with for CRSF receivers because Express LRS wow. is, is everyone flies Express LRS apparently. Um, I still use SBUS. You know, I'm old school. I saw you put an FR Sky in there, and I was thinking, he, wait, what? You've got your digital VTX, and you've got your FR Sky receiver. Like, one yeah. of those is the wrong generation for the other one. Because I still have my Tyrannus from 2014 that still works flawlessly. I still have a whole... you seen the I'm little not... cutout that they have on the back of Tyrannuses, the little cutout. I don't know what it's there for, but some people... Yeah, that's where my crossfire goes, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But the thing is, I literally have a briefcase full of X8Rs from when I used to have loads and loads of planes. So as those things were retired and passed on, I've ended up with a, literally a briefcase. Whoa, Jack! How did you do that? How did he do that? Don't know. Is that a full-size crossfire, bud? Yeah. Hey, proper. That's all about the museum pieces. Yeah. But, yeah, see, it fits right in there. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like they designed the, it to go in there or something. My back door has crumbled, which uh, ironically <laughs> is a thing I could I could relate to medically. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, by the way, Stephen, speaking of history, mm. you, uh, I've 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 got you a little present, but I don't know whether Uncle Lee can help with this. But you've got a HS eleven seventy seven here and you've got a h frame and i think it's four maybe it might be five inch <laughs> and an old clover leaf oh look at that bare wire i know and look a kk2 two mini KK2 so you can mini. you can Luxury. join you can join with me and curry kitten, and if Uncle Lee still has this, uh, you know the the thing, you can join the 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 flying pieces of crap. Look, or I go- could take it, and I could put one of these in a forty amp AIO with an H seven four three. You're not allowed to. It just, yeah, <laughs> kids. Honestly, you don't know you're born. You really don't. You don't. It's a. Uh, that that, that um, quad that you just showed, Jack, were, is a, is something called an Armatan CNC two five eight. It's made of billet aluminium that's been machined. It it could kill somebody if you if you hit it with it. And that was my and, first. And if it crashes, it won't break. It'll just deform and end up really slightly out of symmetry and wobbly. It it I I bent an arm on that. I had to order another arm. Um, but that it's it's in the old days where we used to use plain motors. Do you remember that before look we had real look at 28, that? 22, that is a giant. Um, 1800 kV. You know that's low kV because... It feels like uh, I need push. a demo here. Seven, yeah. seven inch props, kids. Seven inch props. Uh, but that was my second ever quad. That's the one I bought after having that little Hubsan Viper. Oh, um, still got it. It looks like Curry's oh. been to the antique shop as well. This what is my... I'll be flying this tomorrow. This is my KK build flying. of oldest stuff I could find. And it has what the original KK out. flight controller in there, which what I had to reverse a gyro on this. And that meant I had to put a screwdriver in, turn a pot, turn it on, put the throttle up, turn the pot back, and see what happens. And I, I even found a battery from 2013 to use on it. This it's is going to fly the sideways. The PZO420. <laughs> With a with a little servo oh, there, tilt as well. Oh, the little ten inch right. ten inch props keep it subtle. And it, look at the was, whole thing just. Flexes. I was flashing this recently and <laughs> just testing out some new software on this. I thought for, for balance, here's a set of modern seven inch with again an H seven four three DJI, not 
current, I know, uh, mag, couple of antennas, really just sensible, sensible 8S 7-inch quad. Yawn. What's wrong with that? <laughs> What's the point of that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Let's go old school. Oh, my word. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we've come a long way, kids, haven't we? We, we, we really have. It's, uh, you know, these days we don't have to have – like Jack and I were talking earlier on about how the hobby used to be. You'd buy all of these 15, 20-pound boards and you'd have about six of them. Four would be ESCs. You'd have, yeah, radios like that and you'd spend – days wiring this bloody thing up trying to you know the on-screen display wasn't on the flight controller your escs oh. definitely weren't yeah it was oh my god yeah it's uh and now an all-in-one you, you know just solder everything to it bang bosh away you go it, uh, it's uh it, yeah. it's something have, of we, have we got enough time to like just quickly you know, cover cover this. T- time's got away from me, but um, hang on. Let's let's talk about the uh, the said sales agreement of uh, Red Cat, the sale oh, yeah. of Riot and Fat Shark Holdings will allow us to focus our efforts on capital, military, and defence. Do you know who it's being sold to as well? Um, is it up for sale or has it been sold? It was sold by Red Cat CEO Jeff Thompson to Jeff Thompson. Um, so he sold it to himself, apparently, or a shell they company a that deal. he owns. But the, yeah, it got a great deal. But the main thing appears to be that Rotor Riot and Fat Shark are basically moved out of the Red Cat portfolio. So he sold them to himself. He's moved them out of his main company that's all apparently now. They We said. Last week, they'd hired a defense advisor to be on the board of Red Cat. So it looks like they're going all in on government and military. And then Fat Shark and Rotor Riot get kind of moved out of the serious boys crowd into just, we have these as well, somewhere on the sidelines. So kind of odd to see what's happening there. I was surprised to see them both move together. I was kind of expecting maybe Rotor Riot to be moved out as just a hobbyist collective and online shop, whereas maybe Fat Shark would have some future in industry. But it's odd to see that Fat Shark are clearly not part of the industrial drone crowd, according to that delineation with teal and everything. I think it's interesting. I don't know whether or not they were hoping, because I I didn't know if the reason that they got the, what, the Fat Shark and... The, the Walksdale stuff and all that happened, that it that there was an eye on some kind of military contact, a contract or application, particularly with Ukraine using so many smaller drone systems. Um, and I'm guessing that didn't happen. Yeah. That's clearly happened for them with Teal, that they've got in, inspection drones and similar stuff. And I thought yeah. that Fat Shark were featuring within that inspection drone market. What does his actual main company do? It looks like a holding company. So it's Red Cat Holdings, right? Its job is to own other companies. Yeah, it's just a place for them to sit and be a, uh, yeah, provide a portfolio. But but yeah, 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 contracts for the military are where the money is for technology, definitely. Because um, I know with the stuff I've done in the past, you know, the drone systems that we make in the hobby that might be nine, ten thousand dollars that we think are ridiculously expensive, the same kind of yeah, capability, nothing. you know, it's, 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 you know, you could buy a house for, for that, for the equivalent system, military grade. Um, we, we've it, literally seen the same things. Like I, I've seen the old Skywalker models appear on military videos with a, like a modern camo paint. And you know, that's been sold for like multiple thousands not a mm-hmm. hundred quid, which is what it should oh, be. It, it'll be more than I, I. I guarantee it'll be more than multiple thousands. It will. It will be tens of thousands. Um, oh, you can see the markup. The markup you used to get for medical equipment. You could take a crappy old, like twelve inch, fourteen inch VGA monitor, and if you got it through medical certification, you could charge thousands of pounds for that. Now imagine that, but with much larger budgets. That's the military. Yeah, because you've got all the contracts then for support and maintenance, spares, you mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. It it becomes very lucrative. Um, I I, th- I thought it, if it was going to happen for th- someone like Fat Shark with the Walksnail system, 
the with all the stuff going on in Ukraine, that would because that's really proven that small portable hobby grade drone systems still can be useful in a battlefield situation. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something the size of a you know a Ford Focus that you that you launch off a, a bungee. You know, it can be something that fits in the back, you know, a, a Phantom or or a Mavic Mini or whatever, or even a little quad like we make and build. Um, I thought that would, you know, people would have been like, right, let's box this up. Let's make it so it's, you know, kind of troop portable and usable. Um, I, I, I wonder if that was all part of what's going on. Because I, I know that it seemed to be that Greg, who used to, oh, who was the power behind Fatshark, who the guy started it all. Um, I know Greg reasonably well. And, and it just seemed to be that after the acquisition, he was less and less involved on a daily basis mm. of what was going on. Um because he was the guy that well, was so much so that infamously Walksnail got his name wrong when they launched the goggles. They got called Gurgles for a while because they uh, attributed the Fat Shark relationship to an individual called Gurg um, <laughs> instead of even spelling his name correctly. <laughs> Maybe no somebody sneezed when they said it. Way. Yeah, in the press release, they said thank you to Gurg and Fat Shark. <laughs> I, think, I think the story goes that when. Greg was wheeled out for that rotor riot marketing stunt before Walksnail was um, that he hadn't he got his own set at the point they pushed him in front of Josh Bardwell to do the interview. So he hadn't yeah. actually had his hands on them. He was just a figurehead that was kind of wheeled out. He, uh, with he, apparently, he's infamously uncomfortable in front of a camera, and uh, yeah, he had a tough time, tough time in that shoot. It it didn't come across as natural. No. Um, but but it uh, but it, yeah so, so I, I I was disappointed that, that was the case because it used to be when I had a problem with something that I was doing I could ping Greg and Greg be he's a technologist you know he he's like a Tony Stark kind of figure because you know when when you talk to him on Skype he's there soldering while he's nattering to you you know he's that kind mm-hmm. of guy um, and I'd ring him and it's like I, I honestly don't know Lee because I haven't been involved in it. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is heartbreaking because he was the guy that was, all, you know, he used to take a lot of flack because um, every time that, you know, brought out goggles, everyone went, mm, crap. Um, and it, although everyone said that, every thumbnail was always, fat John killer, uh, every time a set of goggles <laughs> came out. Um, and then, you know, people like him and Trappy, they always seemed to have a big target on the back. But but it, it was a shame that that he wasn't there you know, kind of driving everything because he understood what the hobby was about and he, because he, he was a pilot and he was building stuff that he wanted to use. And I think, I, I, I definitely feel that once, have they brought out any other goggles apart from the warp snail after the acquisition? I don't think they have, have they? They attitude there was a brief the green ones or the new digital HD, Scout HD. The Scout HD appeared, they were called an alpha product although they were sold with HD zero, right? That was it. I think that's the only one. Because the green Attitude V3s, I think, were already... I knew that they were coming before the acquisition happened, so they'd been in the pipeline for ages. It was one of those things where Fat Shark, I don't think, wanted to release them because there were loads of Attitude V2s in the channel. Mm. Um, And because they love releasing things with the same name, there's going to be another Scout HD that's going to be Walk Snail, and they're both called Scout (laughs) HD. So if you buy a Scout HD... You may end up with HD zero. You may end up with Walk Snail. You know, Who knows? Dealer's choice. Well, it, it's just as confusing now because radio manufacturers have at least three versions of every radio, don't they? They have the one that's the four in one. They have the ELRS version. The number of emails I get with people going, I'm trying to bind to my Spectrum receiver and I can't do it. And I go, okay, what what's radio have you got? And they go, I've got the Radio Master TX16S ELRS edition. And you go, and what are you? <laughs> right, I think, I think I found yeah. the problem. Um, <laughs> lots of, you know, because they just, they just, all, without, if they're not in the hobby, they don't realize that, you know, like you said, the little thing at the back, they're going to have to buy something to plug into that hole. Multi-module. Right. That is all we have time for, unfortunately. Lee, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much. Me on. Like, it's been to hang out. Thank you, guys. So you know it's good when time just flies by. I was just like, Zoom. Oh man! Now it's time to put my pajamas on. And also, so thank you to our amazing Patreons. Thank yep. you, everyone in the chat, everyone donating. Thanks very much. I yep, I would, listening. if I could just find a lighter, I would have. I, I would have. I would have a little waffle for you. 
but I can't. And if we've got time for a very quick uh, check in the chat, Tyrannis, as these two down here say, or Tyrannis. Tyrannis. If you say Tyrannis, Tyrannis put like six A's in it or something. I say I would say Tyrannis, the same as I would say Tarantula. I think. Yeah. Don't, don't ask me. I was calling. Uh, well, I got called out for oh, calling a Nazi thirty-two oh, the wrong name. Do you mean the nays? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, quick, quick nitpick as well. We've got you on. Why? Why do you always refer t- to air units that have had their casing removed as skeletonized when everyone else calls them naked? I think it's a legacy thing from back from my IT days. That's amazing, Jack. By the way. Don't do not set yourself on fire for crying out loud. Um, Zero. I can um, I can send you the file for that if you want. If you want to print one yourself, I don't recommend that you should. But you. But, but you if can. you do print one, you're going to have to pay them a licensing fee. Just be aware. No, of that. no, no, upfront. No, no. Upfront. Because yeah. Creative yeah. Commons. Let's <laughs> check what license it's available under before we commit. Yeah, and also you can make it. Like, like I have, if you get oh one of my. the old PlayStation springs that use the, the lid, you can make it so it, it can just stay there like a flaming torch. And then it re... <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> just cut out the middleman and hold the flame with lighter fluid so, so, if you want. Yeah, you Don't could, do that. You, you literally just set it and then it just sits there. Nice, nice, but you know, like yeah, a tiki torch. It's it's three D printable plastic. What can possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank That's you, awesome, Patreons. Jack. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. Thank you, Tony, for preparing to get unnaked and come on the show. Thank you, Andrew slash Frank. We miss you so much because you organised and did fun things, and we loved you for it. You've been joined by. The man with the moustache, Stephen. Good evening. Uh, everyone's favourite curry kitten. Goodbye. And the number one viewer, like, subscribe. And if you've made it this far in the video, uh, Painless360. Right, thanks, Jack. Thanks for hanging out. It's been really fun to see you all again. Yeah. And I've been bright until I fly. Thank you. Good night. Telemetry lost.